There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Discover your inspiration to lead by hearing from those who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and leading others. We will learn about their unique leadership style and identify the shared qualities between those who do it tremendously well. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast. Thank you for checking us out. This week, we have a a great guest. He's going to be awesome. Uh, Mr. Pat D'Amato. Pat uh, played football here in Middletown, Connecticut, went on to uh, Stony Brook University. Uh, He's a 2012 Xavier graduate, 2016 graduate of Stony Brook University. Pat's currently working with the uh, Robert E. Morris Company. They're based out of Windsor, Connecticut. Pat does some sales, spends a lot of time out on the road serving customers in northern and central New Jersey territory. Pat, welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast, man. Excited to have you on. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day. Hey, Dan, appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me. I'm excited to be here. We'll, we'll get into, you know, right out of the gate here. Obviously, we're in the middle of a, a very unique and challenging time, I think, for everybody. Um, how are you? How's your family? Everybody doing well health-wise? Yeah, you know, luckily nobody in my family's been affected directly. My, um, besides my aunt, my aunt down in Maryland, she actually ended up contracting the virus, but uh, she's uh, she's moved past it and and uh, she's feeling much better. So, other than that, no complaints in terms of health with the family. So, hope the same with you too. Great, yeah, no, same here on my end. Thanks for asking, and glad to hear that your aunt's on the uh, on the upswing for sure. Thank you. Um, and I know we, you know, we've exchanged some emails and phone calls over the past couple of weeks. Is the golf game still sharp, or are you able to get out there and uh, and get after it a little bit, or what? Yeah, a little bit. I, uh, you know, every once in a while, I'll I'll find um, the opposite fairway, or you know, some <laughs> somewhere in the woods. But uh, I think the golf game is on the upswing. There you uh, go. You know, no pun intended. So. <laughs> That's the best way to get bang for the buck on a golf course is you got to explore different areas that, you know, a lot of people don't get out into. So <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yep. How has the, you know, being in sales, you know, a lot of that stuff can be done remotely, not, you know, not mm-hmm. all of it. How has the COVID-19 pandemic, the whole situation had an impact on your, you know, your work, your professional life? Sure. Well, uh, you know, currently, um, I, I live in New Jersey, as you mentioned, my territory is down in that area. Um, our headquarters is up here in Windsor, Connecticut. That's, that's where I report to. And so, you know, most of the time I'm out on my own anyway. Um, usually, like you said, I'm on the road and I'm, I'm visiting customers in person, things like that. Um, but there have been, you know, there are a couple of days a week, one day or two days a week where I have to kind of be home and, and, and uh, you know, plugging away remotely anyway. Um, but just doing that full time has definitely been an adjustment. Um, you know, just like everybody else has kind of been adjusting to it. Um, you know, a lot of presentations over the phone and phone calls and, um, just trying to grind this out until I'm able to, you know, step back into, you know, the presence of the customer again, um, which I think we're all excited to do or I'll get a little stir crazy. (laughs) The, the zoom, uh, the zoom way of having kind of face-to-face interactions is nice, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it stops it's there. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's going to be good yep. to get back in front of people for sure. Um, so the, the change, 
would it be safe to say not as drastic as like, you know, a college student having to go home and do school or a teacher having to do school, you know, from home and, and work remotely with their students? Yeah, I, you know, I think at this point for me, um, it was an easier adjustment definitely than it would have been as a, <laughs> as a, as a college student or a college athlete. Um, especially, you know, as an athlete, just with the camaraderie with your teammates and, um, you know, doing everything together is such an important piece to, you know, to being an athlete and being on a team. Yeah. Um, so I really feel for, for those guys right now, um, people that had spring sports and uh, it's just kind of hard to fathom what that would be like. But, you know, just in terms of doing it this way, I, I had worked remote in my previous job for a few months and um, it's definitely been an adjustment, but uh, I think I might be a little bit easier acclimation for me than, than some others. Yeah. As far as, you know, making the change from, you know, the customer facing meeting where, you know, and again, I, I have to do some sales and what we do as well. You know, we're selling very different products uh, and services, yeah. but sure. um, I always find it, it, it's a smoother process when you're able to meet in person or, you know, and, and have that and, you have to make these adjustments. What's been a big, you know, the number one, you know, challenge for you to go from the in-person face-to-face meeting, you know, not necessarily, you know, going crazy, like pushing hard to sell something, but that's, you know, that's how it's done best is in person right. to, to what you're having to do now from a digital standpoint. Was that a, was that a challenge to kind of change your pitch from what you normally do in person to now having to do, you know, the online presentation type style? Sure, definitely. Uh, and it's funny, I mean, with, with, with my company, I work a lot with, you know, our engineering team and um, my managers and things like that. We do a lot of team selling. You bring a lot of people in, a lot of resources that are helpful, depending on what your project is that you're working on. But um, for me, there's still a lot for me to learn in, in the industry that I'm in. And so it's, it's more, you know, me being the enthusiastic, you know, young kid that's here to, you know, um, be excited and uh, it's a little bit different when you're over the phone and, and, and it's kind of, uh, you know, not to say dreary times or anything like that, but certainly it's, it's, it's different. So to be that young, enthusiastic kid over the phone, uh, I just feel like it's a lot easier to do that in person yep. um, and kind of be able to, to jot through and, and be with the customer and, and see exactly what they're looking at and, um, you know, see how they're reacting to what you're saying and, you know, what their energy is like as well. Um, you know, it's much easier to do that, those types of things in person. Um, So again, it's just an adjustment and everybody's going through it. Uh, So those have probably been the biggest challenges just overall. And then you're, you're quite a bit younger than I am. I'm a 40 year old and I, you know, I work with a lot of people who are, you know, forties or and older and especially in the teaching field where there's been a lot of, you know, and I'm going to put myself in this category, teaching the old dogs new tricks, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, a couple months ago, doing, you know, virtual team building was something that, you know, wasn't necessarily on my radar. And now it's something we've had to develop. And, you know, I find myself every day learning something new from a technology standpoint. Has there been, you know, you're younger, so you're a little bit more, I'm, I'm going to go with the safe assumption here that you're a little bit more technology versed than I am. How, how, how has that been? Was it a steep learning curve or did you kind of slide right into that, you know, as a, as a, you know, 26 year old with much more technology experience? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm a, you know, a a stud in technology (laughs) by any means. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I guess, you know, I've been able to navigate my way around. And um, luckily, I, I work with a lot of very technical people. So, you know, if there's something that I don't know or some, some area I need help in, um, I can usually make a couple phone calls and I, um, I can set something up to troubleshoot the issue. But right, good. Uh, I'm no whiz, but... I know a little bit. Yes, <laughs> that's good, and and it's always great to have those resources handy. So it's just a phone call away or a question away. Exactly. Yep. Great lesson right there, right out of the gate. If you don't know something, you know, try it, but don't don't be don't hesitate to reach out to a resource if it's there for you. Oh, absolutely. Yep. <laughs> All right, we're going we're gonna to rewind it a little bit right here. You're from Wethersfield, Connecticut originally. You ended up at Xavier High School um, in Middletown. What went into that decision? Was that your decision to go to Xavier High School? Was something that parents pushed on you? You know, um, give us a little insight as to how you ended up at Xavier. Sure. So just a little bit of background from me. I always grew up in Wethersfield. I played Wethersfield sports, but I, I uh, when I was younger, and then I went to middle school in Hartford. Um, I ended up playing, uh, you know, youth league in a Rocky Hill league. Uh, during in, in middle school, um, so I wasn't always with the Weathersfield crew. Okay, um, I always kind of had a feeling that I wouldn't go to Weathersfield High. Um, I had when I was younger, I I do some you know I'd volunteer with the high school football team, um, you know being a water boy or just kind of being around the team in that way. And not to knock Weathersfield High in any way, we're more of a soccer school. I yeah. think yeah, you know the football program wasn't always. I know it's it's much better now, but I just thought going to Xavier would be, um, I mean, football was always my passion. Um, my father went to Xavier. Um, so I knew the history behind that and, yeah. and, and kind of had that thought even early on. And I always tell this story. It's so funny. Uh, when I was about, I think it was in fifth grade, I went to a, a camp uh, called Offense Defense. Uh, and it was out in Bryant University in Rhode Island. Okay. And, um, you know, I was I saw Coach Marin in there because I think he brought his son Sean to the <laughs> camp as well. So I and I just remember going up to him during that camp and, and telling him like, "Hey, uh, like just introducing myself. Like I'm going to be the quarterback at Xavier High School one day. Like I'm going to be starting for you guys one day." And I and he'll tell that story too. And it's just <laughs> funny. It's just like I just knew that's where I wanted to go. Um, had a good feeling about certainly the football program there, the academics. And that's, that was kind of what played the part in my decision there. Did you, were you involved in any other athletics at, during your time at Xavier? Yeah. So I played, I played basketball as well. Uh, tried Mike, the old. Mike Coase was coach yeah, for you? Yep. yep. Coach Coase. Um, great guy. Him and Artie. Artie's yep. still around with the team. And so, yeah, I enjoyed playing basketball at Xavier as well. Coach Marinin, a great guy. His first year coaching at Xavier, I believe, was in 94, which was my freshman year. Mm -hmm. He was one of the assistants on the freshman team, and he was absolutely a great, great guy to play for. He was nuts yeah. in, in a football sense, <laughs> in a good sense, right? I love, you know, I love, right. love playing for him. Look back on those days and, and you know, nothing but positive memories, and I always joke, uh, you know, I'm still connected through my brother to the program. And sure. uh, when, when Coach Marinin was there, I'd always, you know, every once in a while pop out to practice and I'm like, this guy has my, mellowed out. What is going on, yeah. <laughs> you know, compared to the early days? So, I, you know, Coach Marinin's one of the best out there for sure. I agree. Yep. 
I was lucky to play for him. Um, and I don't think we had the success that we did without, certainly without him at the yeah. forefront. Yeah. So, yeah. So any other involvement, at, you know, obviously very busy with athletics, any other involvement at Xavier high school as a student, uh, one of the things I love most about that place is, and I, and as a graduate of there, I, I felt myself getting involved in things that I didn't really know what they were about, but I did it because someone kind of nudged me in that direction. And again, looking back on it as an adult, it's like, yeah, it was, it was great that I was pushed to be involved in this or that. What other involvement at the school, if, if any? Sure. Well, like you said, I, I do think, you know, athletics took up a big part of our, our time and, um, you know, the offseason program with football and things like that. It was all something that, uh, you know, we took pretty seriously. But um, even just like when it comes down to volunteer work, uh, I know it was a requirement at Xavier to get a, a certain number of hours. I, I forget what they are, 70 hours, 75 hours, um, something like that. So I used to, you know, volunteer at my church a lot. Um, uh, they had a new building going in. Uh, across the street from from their current uh, you know meeting house and uh, so it gave me a chance to get my volunteer tier hours in that way and kind of help with the construction over there and um, you know just getting involved in the community I think that's something that they've always uh, you know asked their students to do be more than just a kid that goes to school you yeah. know try to you know get involved and, and help people out so um, you know that was something I did outside of school um, but other than that I pretty much pretty much stuck to the to the athletics you that's know? right the field and the court i like it yep, the bread and butter <laughs> yeah everybody has their different strengths and weaknesses you know sure, yeah. <laughs> um, great high school football athlete uh fun you know again going i would go to you know watch games fun fun to watch play for sure uh your time at xavier led to uh, and your your performance and the effort that you put into it there led to a full athletic scholarship at stony brook university what was Stony Brook always kind of number one on the list? Did you have choices? If you had choices, what stuck out about Stony Brook that, uh, you know, uh, caused you to land, end up there as a student athlete? Sure. Yeah. So Stony Brook was the first, um, was the first scholarship offer that I received. Um, I had known coach Priori through his time at Trinity when he was in Hartford. Okay. Um, and I actually grew up, I played baseball with his son, um, I knew his daughter. She was in uh, my grade in Weathersfield. So I kind of had a previous relationship there with, with, with Chuck uh, and the Prioris. And then, you know, I think the location was nice. I, I had a couple different offers. I had one from Central Connecticut. Um, but really the ultimate, really what it came down to is I was just very excited that they were the first team to take a shot at me. Um, you know, I went down there during their summer camp between my junior and senior year. Um, had a really good camp. They offered me right on the spot. So I think it was just the feeling that I had after going to that camp and, and just receiving the, the commitment there um, is kind of what pulled me in. Um, so I, I wouldn't say that Sunnybrook was, you know, number one. I, you know, I knew that I wanted to go there. But, uh, you know, after, after the camp and then taking a tour there, and, um, you know, meeting, meeting some of the other coaches and uh, some of the – even just the academic help that you would receive there. Yeah. Um, it kind of just nudged it that this was the right place to go. What was the – Whoop! actually, before that, what uh, you played quarterback at the high school level. What would you play at Sony Brook? Yeah, so I, I actually – so I started as a quarterback there. Um, and then in the middle of my – so my second year, my redshirt freshman year, I – towards the end of the season, they had – there were some shifts on the team. Um, unfortunately, a couple of players got kicked off. Yeah. Were shifted around. 
Um, and I ended up bumping me out to receiver for the last two or three games of the season. Um, and then they pretty much just kept me permanently there. I asked if I want to, you know, continue down that route. And I, I, I saw it as a good opportunity to learn something new and, and, and kind of benefit the team that way. So I finished my career as a receiver. Great. Obviously, at the athletic component and the physical aspect is a big difference between playing high school ball and, and, and making the jump to the college level. Mm-hmm. Besides, and that's a kind of a known commodity, right? You know, not everybody's cut out physically to make that jump. Besides the physical side of the game, what was the biggest difference between the high school level versus the college level? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's kind of funny you say that, too. I mean, once you get to the college level, everybody is, a, you know, an all-state player. Yeah. everybody's won state championships. Everybody, um, you know, is a tremendous athlete. I think, um, you know, to your point outside of athletics, though, you know, you're a young, you're a young adult coming into, you know, a situation that nobody's ever been for, you know, you're independent, you're, you know, you, you got to balance your schedule. You got to do school. You got to do athletics. I think a lot of kids struggle, especially in their first year, j- just with that adjustment alone. Um, you know, being more independent and, and, and really having to be organized with your schedule and, um, you know, being on time to everything. But in terms of just the game itself, certainly the speed, speed of the game is a lot faster. Um, and, you know, uh, another big difference is just, you know, you got kids from all over the country that you're, you're you know, you're merging into this locker room and uh, you, you got about 100 guys, and they could be from Texas. You got some guys from Florida. You got some guys from California. So just kind of learning where everybody's from and how, how to how to gel with that group and, um, you know, just become teammates with people from different backgrounds and different areas of the country. Yep. And, yeah, you mentioned earlier in, our, in the conversation the, the missing the camaraderie, right, of, of not being able to see people in person. And it's, uh, you know, to take people from all over the place and to try to gel into one – is, is it is a challenge it's a bigger challenge than it is I think at the high school level for sure yep I agree absolutely I spoke recently with uh Tim Boyle who's Xavier grad you know play, uh right now with the Packers uh and he shared a great story you were a year or two ahead of him at Xavier one year ahead yep one year one year ahead and I think your senior year his junior year did you guys yeah. split yep and he talked a lot about that dynamic of having two kids playing quarterback at the high school level. And, you know, he, he shared how it was a really positive experience. It never got contentious. It was something where you pushed him and he pushed you and um, give us a look. Cause you know, in most, most instances, you're looking at one quarterback, right? The, the right. guy um, mm-hmm. and Give us, give us your side of it, your insight into as a senior split in time, you know, and, and how that go. What, what were some of the leadership challenges you had to kind of coach yourself through to make that productive? You had a great team that year, so it didn't get in the way of the team success. How'd you lead yourself through that? What could be a challenge for some people? Sure. Absolutely. And I, I did, uh, I actually had a chance to listen to the podcast that you had with Tim. And, um, I agree. It was, you know, it's a great story and I agree with everything that he said. Um, so actually, you know, and, and this started his sophomore year, my junior year, too, okay. really is when it all started. Um, but I, I kind of just go back to when I was a sophomore. Um, and then there, there was a kid, Alex Pace was our starter um, yeah. at that point. And, um, you know, there was an opportunity for me to split time a little bit in the beginning of the year. And I think, you know, just w- w- whatever the situation was that, that, that stopped being the case, I didn't play as much. And, 
Um, so the next year when it was kind of my turn to be the starter, you know, this kid Tim Boyle's coming up. And, we, you know, I had seen him as a sophomore on the freshman team. And, you know, they, they had a great freshman team. And, and Tim's just naturally – you could just tell from the kid uh, with his just natural ability that he was going to be a good player. And when our coach Bischoff, my junior year, when, he, when they first kind of named me the starter, but, you know, he had – Coach Bischoff had had conversations with me saying, you know, Tim is a good player. You know, he's, he's probably going to play some snaps. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? And I just remember thinking back and it's like, man, if he's good enough to certainly play and, and, and make us better, um, I remember being in that seat as a sophomore and wanting to play and not, and not feeling like I had as much of an opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I put myself in his shoes and – you know, just kind of let the ego go to the side. Um, it, it was it was actually great because I even got to play a little bit of receiver when he was in a QB. So it wasn't like a t I was totally out of the game. Yeah. Um, but regardless, uh, he certainly is great. I mean, he's on the Green Bay Packers now, so that just kind of solidifies that point. He's got uh, something he going know. on, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, <laughs> so he's got a little bit of talent. Um, so really the lesson there for me was just, you know, this is a team sport. We're both great players where we can both impact the game in different ways and, and help our team. And um, we had the athletes around us to, to kind of mix and match and, and make that work. And um, so really, you know, there, there was no animosity. There was no, you know, like you said, there's no tension about who's the guy, who's the guy. Um, and it ended up being a really, really fun, um, you know, enjoyable two seasons with, yeah. with, with splitting time with him. And, it, and just a testament to you, <laughs> Tim told the story, and I don't remember the game specifically, but you had a like a 60, 70-yard run that took it down to, you know, I don't know, maybe it was called back or something like that, and you were cooked and were pulled off the field. And the next play he went in and threw the, a touchdown and, he, you know, saying that you were one of the first guys out to congratulate. So it's, oh, yeah. uh, it's not just, uh, you know – what Pat's saying here is not just, uh, you know, words for to, to sound good. It, it, it's something that he lived by for sure. So business management major mm -hmm. was that, uh, how'd you get, how'd you come to that decision at Stony Brook? So I always figured I would, I would want to get into the business world. Um, my grandfather was in sales and that's somebody that I really looked up to um, pretty, you know, my whole young, young life. And, and, and then when I was transitioning into figuring out what I wanted to do, um, you know, I enjoy talking with people. I enjoy, um, kind of like the camaraderie that you get from being an athlete and being in a locker room. Uh, so I figured biz business management was, um, the right field to get into. I, I tried, I did try economics first. Uh, and you know, after taking the one-on-one class, I was like, this is, this is not going to work for me. So, <laughs> uh, I flipped the script a little bit and, and, and decided that business management would be, uh, the best route to take to kind of get into the business field in a sales perspective. Great. Um, again, we, we share the bond of, of, of selling as a, a part of what we do professionally. Some, you know, I think it's a little bit of a larger part for you. It's a, still a part, not, not quite as large. Um, <laughs> I look back on my sport experience at the high school and college level, and there's things that I feel like, I experienced then that are part of me now, right? Way down the road. And I'm a firm believer um, that participation in sport at any level is almost like, a, you know, it's a leadership laboratory, right? You can read about leadership, but in sport, 
you can feel it, right? It, you can experience the successes and the failures, the camaraderie, and maybe the moments where you might not get along with somebody, but you have to figure it out. Um, so it's, it's almost that, like, it serves that tangible experience about, you know, not academics, about leadership, uh, about how you push yourself, push other people, um, how you handle success, how you handle failure and come back from it. What are some lessons from your athletic time, whether it's high school or college level that you feel like are part of what you do on a daily basis now, Pat? Sure. Um, well, first of all, you know, being, being in the sales environment, uh, you certainly have to understand how to deal with rejection, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, deal with failure, um, you know, and, and, and so many, so many examples from, you know, my time in, in football and basketball, you know, whatever sport you're playing really, um, is you're going to face, you know, a ton of adversity. There's nothing ever comes easy, especially as the older you get, the tougher the competition gets, um, you know, and that's, that's what it's going to be like when you get to the real world. Um, you know, I, I, I go against my, my competitors in my field and, um, you know, it's not easy. Uh, it's, it's certainly not easy, but, you know, hard work is always going to pay off, especially in the beginning. And, uh, you know, I got this message from, you know, our president of our company the other day is, you know, if you just outwork your competition in, in the younger days, your enthusiasm and excitement and, and things like that um, are going to be what stands out. Certainly, you, you know, the passion and, and just energy level that um, I learned you have to play with on the sports field is, is, is very similar to what you have to bring um, from a sales perspective or, yeah. you know, what you bring to your customers. Um, but yeah, just, just kind of learning how to deal with the nose, deal with the rejection, understanding that this is not a personal, you know, it's not a personal, you know, hit to you. Um, it's a lot of different factors that factor into, um, you know, buying and, 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 you know, purchasing equipment or, um, or playing somebody, you know, on the field, playing the right personnel, um, you know, everything's got to kind of fall in line. Um, and you just kind of have to learn how to roll with the punches sometimes. And I feel like sports, that's a lot of what you do. Um, you got to, you know, understand how to control your emotions. Yep. Certainly when sometimes you just want to scream at a customer, you know, and tell them <laughs> this isn't my fault or, you know, this is something that you did. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta know how to control those feelings and um, work through them. Yeah. Great. No, great answer. And, and you touched on some, some awesome points in there is, you know, it, like in sport and in this, in the sales or business world, you can control the effort that you put forth. You can control the preparation that you have. You can control, you know, how much you know about a product or how much you know your, your offense or your defense. Right. Sometimes you, well, not sometimes, sometimes you can't control it if you're up against a better team, you know, that's just, you know, bigger, faster, stronger. You can't control if a purchaser decides to go a different route and, it's the no, you know, all right, no, all right, great. You know, it's, and it gives you that opportunity to kind of dust it off. And did I miss the mark? And if I did get a little bit better and if it was just the decision they made, then it's on to the next, you know, next week's game or the next person to, to touch base with. Yep. Can't dwell on it. You just got to move forward. Sometimes you do everything right. And, um, and there's a holding penalty on the player, you know, <laughs> <laughs> however, you know, whatever analogy you want to come up with, um, you know, that's life and, and you're going to win some, you're going to lose some. Yep. Um, and that's just how the cookie crumbles, I guess, you know, that's right. That's right. hundred <laughs> percent. 
in your mind, you're, you know, you're young, you're early in your professional career, which is great. And I always like asking this question, um, for you personally, what are some of the positives of being in business sales and then some of the challenges that you face that you have to kind of work through and overcome on a daily basis? Sure. Um, I would say, you know, um, it's been nice in, 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 you know, in the business world and, and, and where I'm at now with the company that I'm at, it is a, um, as I mentioned kind of earlier in the podcast, it is a team selling type of experience. So for me to get into a very, um, you know, intricate and, and, and detailed industry as, um, you know, the manufacturing field is, I didn't know much about the products that I was selling when I first accepted the role with Robert E. Morris. Um, and I'm still, you know, it's, it's going to take years for me to really kind of understand fully, um, you know, I'm dealing with mechanical engineers, you know, got programmers, people that, um, you know, are just in a completely different field from what I'm ever used to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to go into the business world, I, I think I have a good team around me. Um, you know, the guy, the, the guys that are there to support me and, um, you know, on our engineering team and um, in, in our management team. Uh, it's just been exciting to see how they, you know, the confidence that they put in you, um, the faith that they have in you, uh, even when things aren't going right. And, and, and certainly it's been um, applicable recent with recent events, the whole yeah. COVID, um, you know, it, it's been a lot of support from, from the older guys. Um, and uh, that's kind of what I've taken from my athletic career into, and then now into the professional world. Um, so that's been, that's been exciting to see that way. And I don't know if I'm trailing off here. I'm no, you're good. Part of the question. But. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite, what's your favorite part of being in sales? Uh, I think my favorite part about being in sales is just being able to get in front of somebody and trying to, trying to find a solution that's going to, um, you know, that, that's going to blow them away. And, and, and you could tell sometimes if I, if we can all, we can put something on the table that can completely change, um, you know, their manufacturing process, or it's just going to eliminate a complete headache that they've had for so long. Um, uh, you know, it, it's really cool to, to try and find those challenges. Um, and then the reward of giving them the solution that they need and, and watching it, you know, flourish from there. Um, it's always exciting. Yeah. And just personally, like I said, I, you know, I didn't have a background in, in, in manufacturing at all. Um, so just to kind of see some of the projects that do go on and some of the behind the, the scenes things that happen to, to make, you know, medical devices or, uh, you know, um, aerospace parts, just things like that. It's just like you, you're never going to go into a boring situation. And it's just kind of fascinating to see the technology behind everything that's, you know, that's going into, uh, you know, these parts being made or, or certain projects that are going on. It's uh, it sounds like, and all that stuff is way above my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's certainly it's, above my pay grade. Above my <laughs> but it sounds like it's great too, it, it, that there's opportunities just to, I think, learn a ton of new things on a daily basis in what you're doing, which is awesome as well. Yep. If you had to, if you're, you know, if you were speaking to a group of high school seniors who are interested in getting into, you know, business management as a college major and potentially as a career, what is one, you know, based on your experience thus far, what's one bit of advice you would give to them about 
kind of what it takes to to survive and thrive in in business and in sales that you would share? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a super easy answer. Um, <laughs> I feel like sometimes we try to make it more complicated than it is, but really, it's just going to come down to your determination and hard work. Um, you know, the the effort and time that you put into your craft is, uh, you know, what you're going to get out of it. The harder that you work in the beginning, um, you know, the easier it's going to get down the line. Um, and that certainly doesn't mean, you know, you, you get to a point where you're coasting and, and um, but people understand hard work and they know, and I, and I feel like, you know, people in every company that you'll go to, um, it's going to, you know, it's going to come down to, is, are they doing the little things right? I mean, certainly there's going to be a learning curve when you're first starting out and as yep. a young kid um, kind of making your way through, but you don't want to be always there's, you know, you, you don't want to be on the person's mind constantly unless it's, well, he's working hard. You know, he, he's doing all the things right that he should be doing to be successful. So really it's just going to come down to where you put your energy, where you put your time, um, you know, and certainly making good connections, uh, staying out of trouble. Uh, you know, just the little things, the little things that can, that can really help you out in the long run. And you mentioned making good connections. And I think a big part of leadership, and, and it's definitely a big part of in sales is the, the relationship development side of it that is sometimes forgotten, you know, by, by people. What are some strategies and tactics that you use to be able to make, hey, oh, it's Pat D'Amato on the phone you know, let's pick it up. He's a good guy to talk to. Like, how do you go about fostering those relationships that, you know, may not lead to an immediate sale, but at some point down the road, if they, if they need your services, they need your product, they're This is the guy I want to call because of a phone call we had or a meeting we had three years ago. Talk a little bit about the importance of relationship development and what you do. Sure. I mean, I feel like that's pretty much everything in, in, in my field is because, um, you know, the equipment that I'm going to be quoting to customers and things like that, they're, it's not a cheap buy. Uh, yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of decision making and it, it, it could take months to, to, you know, a year, two years to even uh, lay the groundwork to, before the purchase is even made. So, and people don't want to, they're not going to spend a lot of money on somebody that they don't trust uh, and they don't think has, has their best interest in mind. Um, so to come across as somebody that's just, pushing paper or, or, or just, you know, throwing crap against the wall uh, to try and get you to bite on something um, really isn't the best approach. It's really, you know, trying to understand what, you know, what the customer is trying to achieve, what, what challenges that they have, um, you know, really being passionate about, um, you know, what they're doing. You should be just as excited as the customer is to, um, you know, to make this part or, or, you know, whatever it is that they're looking to do um, or, you know, just get rid of a headache that they've been dealing with forever and ever. Um, you know, the, the people can really see that you're genuine, um, that you genuinely care, that you're, you're genuinely there for them. And, 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 you know, that goes such a long way when it comes to, um, you know, being in sales. And I'm, and I'm sure just being in business overall it doesn't necessarily have to be sales. You know, um, could be people within your own company that, um, you know, if, if you develop that trust and, and you kind of nurture that for, for a little while, and um, that goes a really long way when it comes to decision time. It's great. And, and for 
you know, anybody listening who, whether you want to get into that side of things or anything, the, what Pat just talked about the, the work ethic, the, the preparation, the determination, I think the the willingness to kind of have, you know, wait for the delayed gratification moments, right? It's not going to just happen immediately. And, you know, the importance of building trust and building relationships that applies to, yep, it applies to what Pat's doing. It applies to anything that you're going to do. If it's athletics, if it's, you know, being a, you know, a great student council member, member at your middle school or high school, uh, you know, anything that you're going to do, those skills are essential to, to success in the classroom, outside of the classroom, in your professional world and beyond. So Pat, great, great wisdom right there, man. Great answer. Hey, appreciate it. (laughs) We talked a little bit earlier about the jump from high school to college in your experience. Uh, we'll, we'll stick on the same theme right here. If, again, if you were in front of a bunch of high school football players uh, who had aspirations of making that, that jump to the college level, um, from your experiences, what would be a, a bit of advice to those guys? Sure. I mean, you know, I had the, um, the luxury of, of being surrounded by really great players, really great coaches. Um, in, 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 in that case, you know, it's just – listen to the, the people that have been there that are, that are trying to, trying to help you, to, you know, to be, to be better. Um, do the things in the off season that are going to separate yourself, um, you know, on the field as well as, you know, um, other activities to, to, to make yourself better, you know, academically read more, uh, you know, study more. Um, just, you know, listen to the people that have been through it though and try to take away as much as you can, um, you know, from what they're sharing with you. Um, cause really in the end, it's going to come down to, to your effort and, and, um, and the, I guess the tape that you put out, right. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of what it comes down to is when it comes to athletics and making the next jump. Um, but yeah, I mean, just try to outwork every opponent that you, that is out there because yeah. you know, there's, there's always somebody that's trying to work harder than you. And really that's, that's what it comes down to. And, you know, be a good teammate, especially work, work to get everybody else better. Um, Cause when you get to the point where you're not only making yourself better, but you're making other players better. Um, I think that's what really separates um, a lot of players that are trying to make the leap to the next level. That's great. Great answer. Again, great, great bit of advice uh, from a guy who not too long ago made that same jump and, and did a great job doing it. So who is a person a group of people an experience that you feel like looking back, um, you know, on your, your life of 20, 26 uh, years, give or take who, uh, a person, a group of people or an experience that you feel like really shaped and formed who you currently are as a, as a young leader at Robert E. Morris. Oof. Wow. I'll give you Boy, one. There's gotta uh, be one heater. There's gotta be one heater in this thing here. Come on. There, yeah. <laughs> there is, there is. Um, <laughs> Well, certainly it's, it's, it's easy for me to, you know, to say uh, my senior year of high school and, and the group of guys that I was with, um, including even some of the guys in the younger classes like Timmy. Um, but a lot of guys in my class, uh, you know, Javon Santos-Knox, who's, who's playing up in Canada right now yeah. uh, professionally, and um, Brian Murphy, who, who uh, got me the job here at Robert E. Morris, you know, <laughs> talk about connections and, yeah. and, um, and you know, keeping those close, but, um, that was a really fun time. Uh, and certainly, 
it is in everybody's life where you, you're kind of, you're, you're senior year of high school, you're, you're in between, you know, still kind of being a kid and then, and then switching to the adult life. There's a lot of, you know, big things that happen in your life, uh, you know, as a high school senior. And um, I think the group of friends that I've had, you know, and guys that I'll be going to their wedding in, in, in July, um, you know, just people that have really shaped you as a young person and, and, and into your young adult life. Um, it's easy for me to look back on that group of guys and, and say, you know, I had the most fun. I had, you know, it was, um, you know, pure friendship really. Um, and just rooting for the other guy. So that's easy for me to, for me to look back on and say that's a paramount time. So yeah, I guess that would be my answer. That's great. That's a great answer. What do you do now as a 26 year old in the, in the sales business sales world, uh, to keep your leadership, uh, skills sharp? Uh, I think I, I try to lean on, um, the guys who are leaders in our company now. Um, I get a lot of help from my manager who's been with the company for, you know, 30 plus years. So just trying to be a sponge and kind of soak up the information that, um, that he gives me, um, you know, I'll reach out to, to other sales guys in, in different territories. Um, you know, we, we're doing the same job. This guy's been doing it 20 more years, though. So it's like, um, you know, there's only really one way to do it. Um, and with such an extensive, you know, list of products and just certain different things that you have to know, it's almost like you're learning every time that you're, you're open a new opportunity. Um, but just so if you if you come across you know specific opportunities, I'll go to a guy that I know has um, has seen this you know has seen this before, has dealt with this type of situation, and um, try to just kind of lean on their expertise because they've been through it. Why would you not try and reach out to somebody that knows and has firsthand experience? That's right. That's you know? right. No, it makes sense. And you know, I think for those of you that are maybe on the younger side listening at the high, it, it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to look for some support because you're not always going to be the smartest one in the room. You're not always going to have the answer. And if you try to fake it, you're not going to be able to do what you're supposed to do to the best of your ability. And that's a, a, a great point. I'm glad you brought that up because I think especially for a lot of guys that are in football, it's that macho uh, facade you want to put up and, right. and asking the question is it, it, it's vulnerable. It's, you're, you know, you could be seen as soft or this, and that's not the case. It's, it's, Right. A way to continue learning. It's a way to do the best that you can in whatever it is that you're trying to do. And, I, and just to kind of carry off from that too, is like, uh, I feel like most people, you know, you might be scared to ask questions and things like that, or you might be scared to approach somebody that, um, you know, seems like they're, you know, they're too big to, uh, to deal with, you know, rookies questions or, you know, just whatever the, the case is. Most people you'll be, you know, surprised to find are, are very willing and open to help you. Um, you know, it's, it's not, and if, and if they aren't, they aren't, I mean, it's people are people, but at least they can never say that you weren't trying, that you didn't ask that you were just sitting there silent. So, um, if at least they, they understand your intent to, to want to learn and, 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 and honestly to kind of be like them in a way, or, or just learn from their experience. Um, I think a lot of people are really open to that and nobody should be nervous about asking questions for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, having spent my life as either a teacher or helping to start up and now, you know, run a business, it's, 
it's yeah you're busy at times but it's great when someone does come to you with a question or a bit of feedback or you know even a like a complaint or or anything along that line because it, it's an open line of communication it eliminates the guesswork it allows you to to make solutions and not excuses and that's an important lesson for anybody out there listening for sure so mm -hmm. pat crushed it thank you so much man that's ladies and gentlemen that is pat damato and he leads with empower did a tremendous job and a ton of great insight for you know whether you're looking to, to to get into athletics or you're in athletics or um you know insight that pat shared today doesn't you know it's not pigeonholed into football or 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 business sales it's a lot of great insight that could, that can apply to anything that you want to to chase down as your dream. So Pat, really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to, to jump on with us here today. You did a great job and uh, really thank everybody for tuning in and you're hearing from Pat D'Amato. He leads with empower and Pat wishing, you know, you, your family uh, health and safety during this tough time. It'll be good to see you at some point down the road as well. Thanks for having me, Dan. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure, Pat. Be safe. Listeners, be safe. We'll check you all out next time for uh, the next Lead with Empower podcast episode. Talk to you all soon. Great leadership may look and sound different. However, there are common threads that connect all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead. They do that which brings out their best and the best in those around them. And they never take the easy way out because the exceptional will never come from easy.